0: Good morning Golden Corner Church. Good to see you today. The Sunday before school starts back. Don't mean to bring anybody down on that note. (laughs) Uh, Typically speaking in a calendar year it's the most poorly attended church service in a year. I want you to look. I mean except for that little pocket right there you know I mean this church is almost full and uh, of course I'm a little bit concerned that there'll be 30 people show up at the second service and everybody came now but I appreciate you being here, and for those of you who have been, you know, visiting with us for the first time, or perhaps you're attending for the first time in a few weeks, I'm currently preaching a sermon series entitled, The Power of One. Now, in the first sermon, I told you that as a senior pastor of this church, I'm aiming for something, something I want in my teaching, my, my leadership, and, I want Golden Corner Church to become a transformational church. I want God to use us to change lives. To change people for the better. And to change them forever. That's what I want. We don't necessarily have to be the biggest or the most popular. Man, I really want us to be a transformational church. In that first sermon, we learned what it was going to take. Uh, first of all, it takes God because only God can change a life. But secondly, it takes teamwork. This is what, we are, this is what we've learned. God uses people to change people. Uh, to be more specific, God uses people working together toward a common goal to change people. So it requires teamwork. Now, the big lesson that we've learned and it's in, in that we talked about in both sermons is the power of one. You say, what is that? If any one member of the team fails to do his or her part, life change as God intended, is it going to happen? That's the power of one. Now, I took the whole second sermon to make sure that we as a church are on the same page. I answered three questions. What is our mission? What is our motivation? And what is our method? And we discovered that our mission is to help people find and follow Christ. Our motivation is love for God and people, and our method is teamwork. And so we just rewrote the Golden Corner Church mission statement that morning, and now it reads something like this, because we love God and love people. Golden Corner Church works together to help people find and follow Christ. And here's the bottom line. To become this transformational church, each and every one of us has to do our part. That's how important you are to this. You've got to do your part. Which brings us to an important question, a question that I left us kind of at in both of the first two sermons, and that is, what's our part? So I want to start answering that question today, and, and I would answer that question pretty simply, and that is, uh, we must follow Christ. Now don't you listen to me? Because let me tell you what some of you are tempted to do right now. You're tempted to shut down. Uh, And I'm going to say this, please don't don't get mad at me, but some of you have no intention of following Christ, and so what you're thinking is, oh, he's going to talk about something I don't care anything about, so boom, it's going to be lights out here in just a minute for me. Now others, let me see what you're thinking, he has preached, you know, the man's been here 20 years, I wish I had a $5 bill for every time he's preached about following Christ. Here he goes again, we're going to talk about following Jesus. You know what you're thinking? I'm shutting down, man. This is going to be 30 minutes of sweet sleep for me. You know, (laughs) I want you to do something today. I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to me talk about following Jesus in a way that perhaps you've never listened to me before. I want you to listen to me talk about following Jesus as though the lives of the people that you value the most were depending on. You acting on what you hear. You say, why would you want us to do that? I think it might. And so I want you to listen to me. First thing I want us to do is let's read the Bible together for a few minutes. You you with me? You up for that? Let's read some verses. Let's start with a passage from the New Testament book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 18 through 20. The Bible said, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee... He saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew. They were throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, he said. He said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. In other words, I'll make you guys effective missionaries. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Matthew 9, verse 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me, he said, and be my disciple. Jesus said to him, so Matthew got up and... Keep talking to me. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, and other translations, that word is disciple. If anybody wants to be my disciple, you must give up your own way or your own life. Take up your cross and... And you're getting this, aren't you? John one forty three. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come. John ten twenty seven. Jesus said, My sheep, talking about people who are saved, they listen to My voice. I know them and they... That's right. One more, Colossians 2, 6. The Apostle Paul was writing to a church, probably just like Golden Corner, and he said, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must, con- you must, big word right there, you must continue to follow him. You get an idea that Jesus wants people to follow him? Sure he does. Jesus wants all who have accepted him to follow him. That's our part. Following Christ is the first and most important step in the process of becoming a transformational church. You want to know your part? Your part is to follow Christ. Now, to do that, here's what it takes. It all begins when you and I have a healthy, accurate perception of who Jesus really is. To follow Him, you've got to see Him as your example. Not just an example out there for people to follow if they choose to follow Him. If they want a pattern. you got to see Jesus as your example. you got to see Jesus as your teacher. you got to see Jesus as your personal guide. You've got to see Jesus as your master. That's where it begins. You've got to have an accurate perception of Him. you got to see Him... As your example, so that you intentionally pattern your life after His. Did you get that word intentionally? You, and you see Him as your example, so you intentionally pattern your life. That you aspire to think like He thinks. You aspire to love as He loves. You aspire to speak as He speaks. You aspire to act as He acts. Your aim is to be like Him. you got to see Jesus as your teacher. And so you learn from Him. You're constantly learning from Him. And everything He's teaching you, you faithfully put into practice in your life. Hey, that's called following Jesus. When you're patterning your life after Him, you're following Him. When you're learning and putting into practice what you learn... You're following Him. you got to see Him as your guide. And you allow Him to always choose the path you take. And all you do is try your best to stay in step with Him. In rhythm with Him. That's following Him. You see Him as your master. So daily, you're seeking humbly. Every day, you go before Him seeking out His plan for your life. And in an effort to please Him, you do... Everything he tells you to do that's following him. Now, to follow Christ, you got to do three things. You ready? As a matter of fact, you got to build your life around these three practices communicate, cooperate, and connect. That's it. If you want to follow Christ, you've got to build your life around those three practices communicate, cooperate, and connect. To follow Jesus, first of all, you've got to communicate with Him. The call to follow Jesus is actually a call to be with Him. Think about when you're reading in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, after these men responded to Jesus' call to follow Him, they were almost always in His presence, they were almost always with Him this time with him gave them the opportunity to observe their example and to interact with their mentor. To follow Jesus, you got to spend time with him. I'm going to say that again. To follow Jesus, you've got to spend time with him. I mean, after all, how can you ever observe his example if you're not with him? How can you talk to Him if you're not with Him? How can you listen to Him or learn from Him if you're not with Him? Well, the, the fact is, you just can't. Following Christ begins by spending time with Him. And what do you do when you're with Him? You communicate. You talk to Him. How do you do that? Prayer. You listen to Him and you learn from Him. How do you do that? Read the Bible. You observe his example. Okay, Mr. Hotshot Pastor, tell me how I can watch Jesus read your Bible. That's how you do it. Following Jesus requires that we spend time with him in real, open, honest conversation. And I know what some of you are thinking. Ronnie, you're talking about things I don't even know how to do. I I don't really know how to pray like I would like to. I don't know how to get something out of the Bible like I would like to. Well, I'm not going to take a lot of time in this sermon to give you a lot of how-to's. But if, you, if that's where you are, you feel like, I need some practical instruction, I want to recommend you do something. Uh, go to our website or to our podcast. Go back in the sermon archives. There are two series of sermons I'd like for you to listen to. One was the wow factor. And in the wow factor, I'm going to give you a lot of great practical instruction on how to pray and how to pray effectively. The other series was don't just do something, sit there. And in that series, you not only get some practical instruction on prayer, you get a lot of practical instruction on how to get something out of the Bible for yourself. So I'd recommend you listen to those two series. To follow Christ, you've got to build your life around the practice of visiting with Him and talking with Him. You've got to communicate. Is everybody still with me? I'm assuming you are, so I'm going to keep talking, okay? Second, to follow Jesus, you've got to cooperate with Him. So I know what you're going to say the next time I ask, and that is, we're not with you anymore, so you can stop talking. Second, to follow Jesus, you've got to cooperate with Him. In the context of your conversations with Jesus, He's going to guide you. He's going to show you a direction He wants you to go. He's going to Give you a step that he wants you to take? As your master, he's going to give you an assignment. You're going to be talking with him. All of a sudden, he starts talking. He gives you an assignment he wants you to carry out. He's going to give you something that he expects you to go do. To follow him, you got to cooperate with him. It means you got to go where he tells you to go. And you got to do what he tells you to do. Now, that sounds easy enough, doesn't it? He just leads and we just follow. He establishes a path. We just take it. That's easy, right? Sounds easy, but it's not always easy. I'll tell you why. Jesus doesn't always lead us down an easy road. Uh, As a matter of fact, there's a verse in Matthew chapter 7 that says there are two roads that lead us through life. And one is wide and easy and level and obvious. And the Bible said that road will lead you straight to destruction. And then the Bible said there's also this path that is narrow and steep and difficult And that road will lead you to life. Now, where do you think Jesus is going to lead you? To destruction or life? Jesus is going to lead you to life. So which road do you think he's going to take you down? He's going to take you down that narrow, rugged, steep road. He's going to choose the path that's not the easiest. As a general rule, Jesus only leads us one step at a time. And for us human beings, that can be a challenge in and of itself. You know, I guess it would be easy if every step Jesus leads us to take was maybe I put it like this, made sense. But oftentimes Jesus leads us to take steps in our lives that initially don't make any sense to us at all. Sometimes he leads us to do things that scare us, they're frightening. Sometimes he leads us to do things that are costly in nature. And if you're going to follow him then, you've got to act on nothing but pure faith and you've got to act unselfishly. And for these reasons, cooperating with Jesus is not always easy, but cooperating with Jesus is absolutely essential to the process of following him. Obeying Jesus is synonymous with following Jesus. Talking about the same thing. We follow Jesus one step at a time. And every act of obedience is a step in the right direction. However, every act of disobedience is a step in the Wrong direction. To follow Christ, you've got to cooperate with Him. Third, to follow Jesus, we must connect with other Christ followers. I'm going to play the role of a prophet here. And I'm going to tell you something about your future. If you're going to follow Jesus, I'm going to tell you something about your future. And you're not going to like it, but I'll tell you what. I think I'm telling you the truth. I know I am. Somewhere down the path of God's leading... Awaits an enemy so fierce. A battle so daunting. A problem so complicated. A challenge so great. A failure so embarrassing. Or a disappointment so painful. That when you get there. Giving up will appear to be. Your best option. Here's what I'm saying. Something in life is going to hit you so hard. That it takes away your will to continue. And you're going to want to give up. On the idea of following Jesus. If you haven't been there yet. You'll get there one day. Now when you get there. What in the world could you possibly do. To enable you to work through that. And keep on following. Here's what I'm praying for. At times like that. This is what I'm praying for. This is what I'm hoping for. That you have other Christ followers in your life. Who know you. And therefore know what you're going through. And they rally around you. And they help you get through that. If that doesn't take place, it is very likely that somewhere along the path that God is leading you down, that you will quit. I want you to listen carefully. I don't know what that flash of light was. Was there a flash of light, or am I just losing it? Man, I saw something there. You know, am I alone in this? And uh, I don't know what that was, but don't let there be a distraction to you, because I'll tell you, I'm taking you somewhere. I don't think anybody makes it alone. That's not the way we were built by Christ. That's not the way we were designed. At some point, everybody's going to need somebody to help them keep moving, keep following Jesus. So here's what I'm recommending. Connect with other Christ followers. Connect with other people who are going in the same direction that you're trying to go. You say, what do you mean by connect? I think we need to build and maintain interdependent relationships with other Christ followers. You say, what is an interdependent relationship? It's simply a give and take relationship. It's a relationship where I've come to recognize that I need you. I really need you. But you've come to recognize you really need me. For that reason, I pray for you and you pray for me. I encourage you and you encourage me. I help you keep going and you help me keep going. And this is where I'm at. I believe that none of us will follow Christ long without a little bit of help from our friends. And if you want to know more about what the Bible has to say to the, about this, I'm going to suggest you do something. Go back to the Sermon Archives website, podcast. Listen to a series of sermons that I preached last summer entitled, With a Little Help from My Friends. Now, hopefully, you're already connected to a circle of other Christ followers. If not Perhaps it's time for you to explore one of our life groups. And this is not just a pitch for them. What am I trying to help you do? I'm trying to help you follow Christ. To follow Christ, you've got to build your life around communicating with Him, cooperating with Him. But you've got to build your life around connecting with other Christ followers because there's going to come a day where you need them. If you're going to keep going, you need them. You say, what is a life group? Small circles of believers that get together on a regular basis. They have fellowship together. They laugh. They talk. They share. They study the Bible together. They pray with and for each other. They care for each other. And what we've we've discovered is these life groups can be a great place to build interdependent relationships with other Christ followers. You say, what would I need to do? Go to our website. You can check out what you need to do next. Or guys, you just simply need to get in touch with our associate, Pastor Scott Lee, who's leaning against that back wall back there, and you can talk with him, and and he'll help you get going. Now, if you do this, don't you listen to me. If you follow Christ, what's going to happen? First of all, your relationship with Jesus is going to change. You're going to get to know him. Not just know more about him. You're going to get to know him. He's going to become very, very real to you. Not just a historical figure. Not somebody who was. Not somebody who's sitting on a throne in heaven somewhere. You're going to meet one day when you get there. He becomes very real to you. You feel his presence. You feel his presence often. You feel his presence acutely. You hear his voice. You hear his voice often. What he says to you is very, very clear. Your relationship with him is going to change if you will follow him. And you know what? The better you know him, the more you'll love him. and The more you'll love him, the more obedient you become because love aims to please The better you know him, the more you trust him, the more you respect him. And the more you trust and respect him, the easier it becomes to obey him. Now, if you follow Christ, you'll change. Follow Christ and you'll experience a kind of metamorphosis. You will change from the inside out and you will evolve into a more Christ-like person. You'll find yourself loving people the way he loves people. You will find yourself becoming increasingly less selfish and more unselfish. You will find yourself becoming gracious and merciful and kind. And yes, folks, even patient. Even patient with people. You'll become like Him. This change will be good for you. And it will be good for those in your world. And this change will be obvious. Follow Jesus and He'll change you into a missionary. Jesus promised these fishermen, follow me and I'm going to transform you into fishers of men and you're going to make an impact in the lives of others. Follow him and I promise you he'll do the same for you. He'll change the way you think so you start thinking like a missionary. Is that the way you think now? When you're with people, are you immediately thinking about how you could help them maybe take a step forward in their faith journey? Is that what's on your mind? You know what needs to happen? If it's not, I think it needs to, we need to, our mind, our, the way we think needs to be changed. We just need to start thinking like missionaries. He'll change you in such a way that others have confidence in you. He will give you love for others that you've got to have to pull this off. He will impart to you skills that are needed to be effect, an effective missionary. As you follow him, you begin to experience the life that he offered, this rich, satisfying life. And you'll come to a point in your journey where you realize that in Jesus, you found everything you were ever looking for. That's what happens if you follow him. Now, here's my question. What if you don't? You understand that follow him is a choice. It's a choice that he allows us to make. And you can follow him, and this is kind of what awaits you, or... You can make a decision, no, look, I'm forgiven, I'm going to heaven, that's good enough for me. I'm good. What if you choose not to follow him? This is what I believe. You lose. And so do others. You lose. And so do others. Are you hearing me? If I don't follow him, Ronnie, you say, I'm going to lose. That's what I believe. And you think others will lose as well? That's what I believe. Let me tell you a story that I think illustrates this. It's found in the Old Testament book of Esther. Does that sound familiar? It ought to because we just finished a series from that book. I remind you that the story was set in ancient Persia. There was a king reigning whose name was Xerxes. His kingdom was huge and scattered throughout his kingdom there were Jews, some of God's people. Uh, Xerxes one day appointed a guy named Haman to be his prime minister. So Haman steps into this role. He's now the second most powerful man in the kingdom. And guess what happened? He developed a rotten attitude toward the Jews. I tell you, you want to know how bad his attitude was? He made a decision that I want to be personally involved. I want to take the point on annihilating this entire race of people. That's what I'm going to do. Every one of them, every Jewish man, woman, child, I'm going to to take the point on this project and I'm going to see to it that they are completely destroyed. So he went to King Xerxes. He pitched the idea to him. He got Xerxes to buy in. He said, If you don't mind, would you make it legal? For me to do this. And so the king wrote up a law. And a date was set. And and on that date it was legal for you to kill your Jewish neighbors. And if you killed your Jewish neighbors. Whatever property they had. You got to keep. And so this law was communicated throughout the land. And so the Jews found out what their apparent fate was. And how do you think they responded? They were confused. They were frightened. Wouldn't you be? But man a great wave of sorrow swept over the Jewish community. Now, there was a Jewish man by the name of Mordecai who went up to the palace. He wanted to talk to the queen of Persia. Her name was Esther. And he wanted to talk to her because they were related. And she was Jewish. And very few people knew that she was Jewish. Now, he was denied the opportunity to go and speak with her because Xerxes had made it a rule that anybody's kind of depressed, anybody's feeling sad, anybody mourning, they can't come in here because they're going to be a real uh, damper on my party. Somebody recognized him and went to Esther and said, man, you got a relative out in the courtyard and he is distraught. She sent a messenger out to ask him what's going on. He explained this whole thing that Haman was about to do, what was waiting on the Jewish people. And then he said, he said to the messenger, you go back and tell her, Esther, you've got to go talk to the king on behalf of your people. You've got a position. You've got leverage. You've got a relationship with him. You need to use those things to our advantage and plead with him to, to stop this. The messenger takes that Message to Esther. She explains to the messenger, I hear what he wants, but I can't do that. Because nobody, not even me, none of us can just walk into the king's chambers unannounced or uninvited lest we be killed. So go tell Mordecai, I can't do what he's wanting me to do. So the message goes back and explains it to Mordecai. Mordecai said, I tell you what, take her a message. Now listen carefully to me. You take take her a message, and we're going to read that message together. I want you to see this. It's found in, in Esther 4, verse 13 and 14. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Listen to this. Powerful. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, in other words... Esther, I think you've got a part, and I think your part is to speak up. If you don't do your part, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you I want you to see that this is the next step. I want you to see this, man. but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen? For just such a time as this. You know what Mordecai's got figured out here? He has figured out that God must have a plan to save the Jews. He's got to have a plan. He's got it figured out. This could not have caught God off guard, so surely he's got a plan in place. And he's figured it out. Esther, you've got an important part in this plan. It's no coincidence that you're on the throne. God manipulated circumstances and he placed you there because you've got an important role in his plan to save all these people. And here's your, you got a part in this. Your part is you've got to go talk to that king. And then he says to her, now, he, if, you, if you don't do your part, because she had a choice. We've all got a choice. Do we do our part or not? And what he's saying is you've got a choice in this and if you choose not to, I want you to know something Deliverance and relief are going to arise for God's people from somewhere. In other words, God's not going to let the entire Jewish race be wiped out because you're unwilling to do your part. He said, however, I want you to understand this. If you don't do your part, you die. You lose. You pay a price, an irretrievable price, if you don't do your part. Now, that would have been bad enough, right? But she could have been so selfish, she said, I could care less. But it was what he said next that sends a chill down my spine. He said, not only will you die, your relatives will die. You're going to pay if you don't do your part. There's a cost. But those closest to you will also pay a heavy price if you don't do your part. Not just a heavy price, an irretrievable price. Honey, do your part or it's going to cost you and it's going to cost those closest to you. I want you to listen. You say, where do I fit in all that? Uh, God's got a big plan in the works right now to save the world. And he's strategically placed you right in the middle of this plan. and he's given you a part. And what we're talking about today is your part is to follow Christ. What if you don't? You lose. You know what you lose? You never experience that closeness with Jesus. Never. You know of him. You've been introduced, you're acquainted, but there's no closeness there. You lose that. You never really grow. Uh, Ten years after your conversion, you're basically the same person you were the, the day you accepted Christ. You're never changed into a person who has impact with others. This effective missionary... You never really experience the rich, satisfying life that Jesus promised you. You know what happens? You miss out on all that. You lose all that. That's the price you pay for not following. But not only do you lose, those closest to you will lose. You don't do your part, I tell you what, God will raise up somebody to reach others, but I tell you who will pay a price those closest to you, your family members, your friends, your co workers, your neighbors. You understand that you were strategically placed in a network of people because you are their missionary. You're it. They're waiting on you. i want to tell you, let's be clear on this. They ain't waiting on me. I, every once in a while, I have somebody pick up the phone and come and say, I got a second cousin who lives in Orangeburg. I'm worried about him. Would you go witness to him? You know what I'm thinking? What good would that do? Total stranger, sit down and talk to them about the most important personal matter that I could. What good is that? You know what? God never called me to win your second cousin. Guess who the missionary is? You're the missionary. If you don't do your part, yeah, you pay, you lose big. But somehow now the life change in the network of people God dropped you into is never going to happen as God intended until you pick up your part and run with it. What I'm saying is, there's a whole lot of people that you care deeply about who are counting on you to do what God puts you on the planet to do. And I tell you, the first thing is to follow Him. You still awake? That's where it begins. He gives you the choice, but you've got to understand the choice comes with consequences. In a lot of what I've shared with you this morning, what I want you to do, it's very simple, man. I'm not asking you to join Golden Corner. I'm not asking you to come to a partnership class. I'm asking you to follow Jesus. That's it. For those of you who are relatively new to the faith, Uh, You've made a decision to accept Christ, and that's one of the best decisions you ever made. It's time for you to make an equally important decision. It's time for you to decide what you're going to do about following Christ. You trusted Him enough that you said, Hey, I need you to close the door on my past, and I need you to reroute my eternity. It's time for you to trust Him with the rest of your life. some of you you've been saved for a long 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 time and for whatever your reasons have been you've chosen not to follow him you have you in no way have built your life around communicating with him you haven't built your life around cooperating with him you haven't built your life around connecting with other Christ followers you just made a decision I'm not going to that extent do you understand what it's costing you you know what? You know what? I had to, I, this, there was this lady, man. I, I loved this lady. She used to go to this church years and years and years ago. And and she left the church. She was a she was a dynamic Christian. She left the church and she really kind of dove into this dark, sinful world. And and about ten years later we were talking and, and she, you know, she told me, she said, I still believe that Jesus died on the cross, and was raised, and I still, you know, I still believe that I'm saved. Do you think I'm saved? I said, You know what? I have no reason to believe you're not saved. I said, You know what bothers me? You know what breaks my heart? You're missing out on everything in between. And there's some of you, and you've just made a decision. I'm not going full bore with this. I'm not going to follow him the way you're talking about. Heaven is enough for me. you understand what, that you're missing everything between salvation and heaven? It's that rich, satisfying life. You said, I'm dying to give you. You're missing that part. So here's what I'm encouraging you to do. I think you need to revisit that decision. I think you need to count the cost of not following. And I'm encouraging you to follow him. Following Jesus is the first step to becoming a transformational church, but it's not the only step. I can tell you this it's the most important step. If you don't follow him, there is nothing in the world you can do to compensate. For that decision, you've aborted the whole process. Following Jesus is everyone's part, yours and mine, and it's a must do. You say, okay, what's the next step? We'll talk about that next Sunday. Let's pray together. I read you some verses at the opening of this sermon where Jesus kept showing up in people's lives and calling them, Will you follow me? Will you follow me? Will you follow me? Will you follow me? Do you understand what's going on in your life today? Do you understand what's happening right here, right now? He's extending the same call to you. In essence, he's saying, Hey, I died for you. I have forgiven you. I sustain you and your family every day. I I got heaven waiting on you. But I want something from you. I want you to follow me. From this day forward, I want you to follow me. I want you to try to pattern your life after me. I want you to let me teach you. I want you to let me be your guide and choose the direction that you take in life, every situation, every decision. I want you to serve me. I want you to follow me. In essence, he's saying, I've given my life for you. Would you consider giving your life to me? Choose wisely. There's a lot at stake. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, for your patience. Patiently waiting on us to hear your call distinctly and understand that it's personal. Thank you for waiting on us to take our first steps to make a commitment that we're going to let you not only reroute our eternity, we're going to let you reroute our lives if that's what you want because you are the guide and you are our master. So we're going to think differently. It's going to be you first, not us. We're going to slow down. We're going to start talking with you, listening to you and Whatever you tell us to do, whether we like it, whether we understand it, it don't matter. Uh, We're just going to start doing what you want. Uh, God, I pray for everyone here. This is what I'm praying for, that they'll recognize that they're not going to be able to do this without help. And I pray that you'll guide them and help them gravitate into a circle of other Christ followers who will be true friends to them and help them on this journey. I pray that this day represents a change in direction for many, many, many people who make up Golden Corner Church. Lord, we're en route to becoming that transformational church. I pray we start that journey now. In Jesus' name, we ask this together. Amen. Thank you. Now, here's what I want you to do. Follow him.